Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com. The Leslie Marshall Show, the only true democracy in talk radio, of, for, and by you, the people. Live nationwide and streaming live at LeslieMarshallShow.com. Call in with your thoughts at 888-6-LESLIE. to set you free. How you doing? Happy Tuesday. I'm Leslie Marshall. Welcome, welcome back. Only true democracy in talk on, on the Progressive Voices Network and everywhere else that you listen to the show, on radio, on stream, so many places to get it and so much information to get as well. Speaking of somebody who keeps us very informed in everything manufacturing and many other things that touch upon manufacturing because manufacturing is a big general term. It doesn't just have to do with manufacturing jobs. It actually touches upon uh, China and tariffs and trade in so many other areas. Scott Paul is president of the Alliance for American Manufacturing, the AAM. They're a partnership established by some of America's leading manufacturers and the United Steelworkers Union. And for well over a decade, Scott and the AAM have worked to make American manufacturing a top-of-mind issue for voters and our national leaders, and they've done it through effective advocacy, innovative research, and a savvy PR strategy. More than a pleasure to have back on the show, Scott Paul. Hey, Scott, good afternoon. Thank you for joining us. Hey, Leslie, it's great to be with you today. Another thing that manufacturing has a general umbrella over is things that we make and where we make them, and how they're made where they're made. And one of those things that we talk about and have talked about before, and I'm glad we are today, is uh, Made in uh, America. Um, I want you to talk to us about the FTC enforcement of Made in USA. Um, It's, you know, there's an enforcement, but it's really weak, right? And I know that you said uh, during a workshop, you urged the FTC to, to, to strengthen its enforcement mechanisms. And uh, I, I want to hear about all of this because, you know, we, we see people out there when pre- the president speaks who are very big Trump supporters who talk about making America great in, again and chant USA. But then they go out as consumers and completely forget that we have a choice, what we buy, who we buy it from. And of course, there are already things, laws, enforcements on the books that uh, aren't being truly enforced and need to be better. Yeah, that is totally true, Leslie, although I'll say this a little tongue-in-cheek. To be fair to the Trump supporters, they probably didn't know the Made in America label because on Donald Trump's own brands, you didn't see the Made in, Made, Made in America label a lot. <laughs> and they are appropriately red hats because they're made in red China. <laughs> There you go. So, but this is a, I I will tell you, this is an issue that when we talk to our supporters, it really gets them fired up 
more than just about anything else. Because you and I have talked about this before. You know, if you are a consumer who values quality or supporting American jobs or patriotism or sustainability or whatever the reason it is, uh, a lot of these folks like to look for the Made in America label. And it's hard enough as it is because of all the big box stores and just outsourcing uh, to find Made in America products. Uh, And so when that label is actually revealed to be a fraudulent label, the Made in America label, that really, really aggravates people because the odds are that they have had to search out this product in the first place uh, that, that, that is Made in America. And this agency, the Federal Trade Commission, which is an independent federal agency, uh, is responsible for all sorts of consumer protections, uh, one of which is uh, to ensure that there is no deceptive labeling going on of products. Uh, and so it is the FTC's job to police this area. Um, it has fallen short, uh, and, and, and I'll tell you why. You know, there have been a number of cases recently where there, are, there, where there are individuals or companies that are clearly trying to misuse the Made in America label. Uh, in one instance, a company that makes hockey pucks called Patriot Pucks, so it's called Patriot Puck, was taking wholly made hockey pucks from China, just slapping an American flag on them, what? Uh, and, and saying that they were made in America. And, uh, and selling them as Made in America products. And fortunately, um, someone brought this to the attention of the Federal Trade Commission. Uh, the Federal Trade Commission did take action, but all they did to Patriot Puck was essentially say cease and desist. You just got to stop doing this. Uh, and, and that was it. And my point, the point that I made to the Federal Trade Commission, is that that's not good enough. That's not any sort of a deterrent, because if there are, if there are all sorts of bad actors out there that are willing to use this label that people value, the Made in America label, that they're even willing to pay more for in many cases. And all that's going to happen to them is, is someone will say, well, you, you just can't do that anymore then that's not much of a disincentive uh, for companies that are willing to use a fraudulent label in the first place. So I urge the Federal Trade Commission to step up its enforcement and actually find these companies, hold them accountable in a way, uh, recoup the, the, the money that they made from these fraudulently labeled products uh, and, and to get them to admit guilt because if they were if they if they admitted guilt if these companies admitted guilt then consumers like you or I could actually claim damages from them uh, through through lawsuits or class actions or or other methods but right now that's just simply not possible I I I didn't even to be honest until I read your article Scott um, I didn't know that people really could do that. And, you know, not like I'm a moron here, but, uh, you know, people unfortunately cheat in all aspects of life. And I, it never even dawned on me that somebody would put made in USA and that nobody w- was watching that because, you know, it's like when you go to a store and something says organic or fish, wild caught or farm raised or grass fed beef. We, you know, we're kind of trusting that, you know, there's there's somebody overseeing that to make sure that we are getting what we're told we're getting. And when somebody, myself 
especially included in this. Um, I, I care about where things are made. I care about who makes them. Um, there, you know, how, how many people out there say, well, they're not going to go to Starbucks. They're going to go to that mom and pop, you know, place, not only because it's an American company, but because they want to help out their neighbor and they want to give back to the community or to the neighborhood that they live in. Um, so, so I have to say when I first heard about this, I was shocked and I'm sure there are many people listening, um, uh, that are shocked. I want to digress for one second because in your piece, uh, and titled the FTC's enforcement of made in USA is notoriously weak. It's time to change that. You said we cover a lot of ground here at the Alliance for American Manufacturing, Trade, Infrastructure, Tom Cruise. Now, for those who read this, because we shared it with everybody prior to the show <laughs> on all of our social sites, tell us what you mean by that. Well, yeah, yeah, we I, we've referred to Tom Cruise a, a couple of times, but but one one of them with with respect to Tom Cruise has to do with the new Top Gun movie. And you know, there's a for those of you who don't know, there's a sequel to Top Gun coming out, right? Um, and Tom Cruise, uh, you know, played played a character, a you know, Maverick in the first one, and you know, wore a very famous flight jacket, and it's been altered in the second movie to exclude the flag of Taiwan, uh, because otherwise there was a fear that the Chinese, uh, the, the Chinese Communist Party, wouldn't allow the film to be, uh, to be shown in China, which is a huge market for Hollywood. So this was a, a great example of uh, Hollywood uh, doing self-censoring uh, on behalf of Beijing to gain access to their market, which is just truly kind of stunning to me that they would do this. So it, uh, but but yeah. So so corporate America is kind of just you know all on board, unfortunately, with way too much of what China wants to do. And no matter what you think about the president or the the trade stuff that's going on, I mean, this to me was just like uh, and a, a bit of an outrage. Uh, I'm glad that you uh, you share you shared that with us most definitely. We're going to take a break. We'll be we come back more with Scott Paul and. Uh, no, we're not having Tom Cruise on, but more with Scott Paul right after this from AAM. Don't go away. Leslie Marshall, the simple truth in a complicated world. Give her a call now at 888-6-LESLIE. We are back. I'm Leslie Marshall. Welcome or welcome back. And we are talking with Scott Paul, president of the Alliance for American Manufacturing. Good to have him with us. And Scott, want to make a correction? Uh, I gave you uh, all the credit, but obviously I have to give some credit to Elizabeth Brotherton Bunch, who actually uh, wrote the piece that I was referring to entitled The FTC's Enforcement of Made in USA is Notoriously Weak. It's time to change that. So sorry, put you on the spot for something Elizabeth wrote, but I know that you read it and uh, knew what she was talking about. But my apologies. Hi, Scott. Welcome back. Leslie, we we have a great team here. Beth is a big part of that, and uh, uh, they try to write both clever things and things that are engage our advocates. And I'm glad that you're giving us a chance to to talk about the the Made in America label, which is a real passion of ours. Are the people that truly make products made in the USA make their products in the USA? Are they aware 
uh, that the FTC is not enforcing that made in USA and that there are so many cheaters or fraudulent users of such a label? Yeah, that's a really good question, and I would answer it this way. I mean, there are, you know, these firms that are making products tend to have what I would call pretty low margins. I mean, they're not making a lot of money, and so they're looking for every advantage they can find. And if they have a product they can differentiate because it's made in America, it's actually made in America, uh, they're going to throw that label on. They're going to market it that way because they know that uh, all things else being equal, that someone is going to want that Made in America product. And so they are aware, or they try to stay aware, if their competitors are, are uh, trying to cheat on this label. But I will tell you, Leslie, and, and this is obviously true for product safety and other things as well, you know, the, uh, the dawn of, uh, of the digital marketplace, you know, Amazon and all this stuff online has really disrupted uh, efforts to keep track of, of the, these labels. It's, it's hard, and it's, it's, it's actually really hard to tell online if something may be fraudulent um, or not. But, but it's, a, it's been a real challenge as to the businesses that are doing the right thing, that are paying good wages in the United States, that are actually making their products here, uh, to be able to know that their label is safeguarded. And from the other side, from the enforcement side, from the Federal Trade Commission, which is the agency responsible for enforcing uh, these Made in America laws, uh, so that they're not deceiving consumers. There's just not enough people there. I mean, they, they are their staffing is a very, very low number, and their caseload every year is honestly like just maybe a dozen cases. Or is, and you imagine all of the manufactured products in the United States, uh, and they have the, the staff power to work on just a very few number of these cases. Um, so there's a, there's a lot that needs to be changed across the board here. Uh, yeah, I, w- I want to talk about this, uh, these cheaters that have been getting away with it. Um, and, and it happens more than we think. Um, in, in the article that Beth wrote, in 2018, the Federal Trade Commission, the FTC, caught some pretty brazen made in USA cheats. One company sold military-themed backpacks, including on military bases with an American-made label. And the FTC found that the vast majority of those products were made just like Donald Trump's Made in America hats in China or Mexico. Another company made hockey pucks and even positioned itself as the all-American alternative to imported pucks. Uh, you mentioned uh, Patriot. Uh, people, you know, see that word, they would assume, right, that it's made in the United States. And again, those hockey pucks were imported from China. And a direct-to-consumer mattress firm advertised its mattresses as assembled in the United States. They were made in China. I want to talk about that, too, because sometimes people will say, oh, I have a Japanese car. It was made in, in, in Japan, but it was assembled in the United States. Can you speak to people about the differences there, Scott? Yeah, thank you. And it's it's not an easy thing for folks to navigate. And this is one of the things that we we told the Federal Trade Commission is that it's it's really confusing. How does a consumer know what's made in America versus assembled in America versus you know includes some domestic and foreign content? Uh, and you see all these different labels, and it's hard to make sense of it. Uh, th- there is 
a uh, you know if you go you know if you have the, the, the resources you can go to the, the the FTC website there is an explanation there but but I'll just do the shorthand of it for a product to be called made in America it has to be all or virtually all made in the United States and so that's like 98% I mean there is an exact percentage but it has to be the overwhelming amount of the product has to actually be made in the United States that includes the parts that includes the materials and that obviously includes the final assembly Okay, hold that thought, Scott. We're going to talk more about that, you know, assembled or made in the U.S. and the difference. Back with Scott Paul from AAM right after this. And if something says made in America, you want to believe it. We were talking to Scott Paul, president of the AAM, about the difference between assembled in America, made in America, and made elsewhere like China and assembled here. Scott, please continue. Apologies for the interruption. That's our hard break. Oh, hey. Uh, it's fun to talk about made in America yet again, Leslie. Uh, you, know, as, as I said before the break, you know, if, if the product is made in America, that has to mean that all or virtually all of its content, its materials, uh, and, and its final assembly occurred in the United States. And so it is it is a very hard designation to earn, but it's purposefully difficult because it is a you know it represents pride and quality uh, and and jobs and a lot of different things things like that. Assembled in America uh, means that that it has to be more than just screw turning uh, to, 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 uh, to end up with that kind of a label, but it doesn't have to have all of the materials or all of the subcomponents produced in the United States. It could have some uh, imported uh, materials in there. And it, the standard actually kind of ranges by product, and so there may be a slightly different standard for automobiles uh, than there would be for uh, for something perhaps like a washing machine or a computer. Uh, and so there, the the Federal Trade Commission kind of looks at uh, what the what the availability of materials and other things are like that. But but yeah, but but that would get no greater than an assembled in America. And so Leslie, when you said yeah, like Honda. Toyota, some of these other uh, automakers that, that uh, used to bring all their automobiles into the United States from countries like Korea or Japan, you know, they now do have some assembly operations in the United States. And some of those assembly operations um, do use uh, a fair amount of American content, uh, some of them uh, virtually none at all. In fact, Mercedes-Benz was pinged by the FTC, uh, again, nothing more than a letter, but basically marketing a, a van that they had as being assembled or built in America when, in fact, the, the, basically the whole van was coming from overseas. Uh, and, and they were trying to take advantage, again, of that desire of consumers to make a patriotic purchase. And also that, you know, you were talking about before the break, the effect is not even a slap on the hand. These cheaters that claim they're making products in America that aren't, aren't paying any fines. So there's really no incentive to stop the bad behavior, almost like dealing uh, with a, a child. Um, I, I want right. I, I to not 
I want to not only uh, talk about, uh, about that. Um, I want to talk about a couple of things in, you know, in relation to that, because the time I want to get to all the stuff that we should talk about today, because it's all very important. Um, the FTC held a workshop um, at its D.C. headquarters examining uh, Made in USA. You took part in that and you wanted to urge the FTC, urge that agency to strengthen its enforcement mechanisms. Uh, there were other people like Justin Brookman from Consumer Reports, Bonnie Patton from Truth in Advertising. Um, and uh, talked about several cases, like I mentioned and you've mentioned, uh, that were mislabeling this made in USA, were were you know violating uh, the the rules and were completely uh, cheating. So, talk to us about that. Uh, what was the FTC's response to yours and others urging them to hold these cheaters accountable, and that there really is no incentive for them to stop the bad behavior? Yeah, they, I mean, they, they, they took it all in, and it was great to have consumer advocates on our side who, who don't want consumers to be deceived by labeling. And so I'm glad that Consumer Reports was there presenting a similar viewpoint as the, as the one that we had. Uh, here's what's going to happen. The Federal Trade Commission will take all of this testimony um, that, that they got from this roundtable. Uh, there's a public comment period that's open right now uh, up until October the 11th, and uh, your listeners can be a part of that uh, by going to our website, AmericanManufacturing.org, and you can click on there just to take action and, and, and sign a petition to the Federal Trade Commission. Uh, and, and they will look at this, and then they'll decide uh, whether or not to step up their enforcement efforts, because they do have the authority to step up their uh, enforcement efforts. They are not, uh, they're not prohibited in any way from imposing fines or uh, what are called disgorgements uh, or admissions of guilt uh, or, or other penalties like that. And in fact, they might even be able to pursue civil actions uh, in the courts against these companies as well. They just have chosen not to do that in virtually every case. I will say, Leslie, and this is something that concerns me, there are some big companies that are using this process to say, well, maybe if you made it a little easier for us to put a Made in America label on it, that would help. And so you have some of these big companies that want to weaken the Made in America label as well so that it doesn't have to be uh, all or virtually all made in the United States of America to get a Made in America label. And so we are strongly resisting those efforts as well as we move forward. Uh, and, you know, it's going to take, you know, a lot of public engagement uh, to persuade the FTC that they need to both strengthen enforcement and also to not weaken the Made in America uh, standard. Uh, because at the end of the day, this is about making sure consumers have access to honest information about their products and also about preserving American jobs, which are two really, really important goals. Oh, absolutely. I, I also want to um, point out that um, the FTC is accepting public comments. Is that uh, true? And that's uh, just for a bit now through the 11th of October, just 10 days away, and that uh, people can take part by signing your petition, the AAM's petition. Is that correct? And can you tell yeah. them what they need to do in order to participate? That's 
That's exactly right. Anybody can go to our website, AmericanManufacturing.org. Uh, on our homepage, uh, there is a link to take action. You just need to put your name on there. We're delivering petitions to the Federal Trade Commission. We've had thousands of people who have indicated they want to sign the petition so far, uh, and we're looking to stretch that goal uh, even further uh, because we realize that it's going to take a lot of public en engagement to persuade the, the Federal Trade Commission uh, to change its ways on this. And so we're, we're, we're encouraging your listeners and everybody else to, to get involved because it is possible to have a voice and to influence the commission. Uh, back in the 1990s, the Federal Trade Commission uh, proposed a rule to weaken the Made in America standard, um, again, at the behest of some companies. And it was only a public outcry uh, led by the labor movement uh, and consumer groups uh, to push back on this that, that caused the FTC to reverse course and say, okay, we won't weaken the label. Um, and so we're, we're trying to make sure that we have the same outcome, but it's going to take folks getting involved. Uh, and we appreciate your, your help in spreading the word. Oh, and, and we, God, very much appreciate all that you do. Let's talk about some other things because we do have a lot of things on the table to discuss today. Uh, in, in summation, Congress is passing its annual defense spending bill, the National Defense Authorization Act, the NDAA. Uh, and attached to this giant bill is legislation, TIVSA. Now, that would ban Chinese state-owned or backed enterprises from access to the federal procurement market for big-ticket transit items, specifically buses and rail cars. And it would mean if a local city transit agency wanted to buy rail cars for its subway from a giant manufacturer like CRRC, that's a Chinese state-owned enterprise, it wouldn't be allowed to use federal funding to do so. But a competing version of the TIVSA, TIVSA legislation, is significantly weaker, and it creates a huge loophole for the purchasing of buses. So, Scott, which version is going to end up in the final bill? Can you kind of give us a, a state of play on this? Yeah, Leslie, I'll, I'll, I'll do my best. So the, the, the House and the Senate have passed different versions of this big defense bill that has, again, this ban on Chinese state-owned enterprise in it. In it. But w one of the bans in the, in the Senate bill applies to buses and rail cars. In the House bill, it's just limited to rail cars. We favor the stronger ban. The stronger ban on buses and 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 rail cars, and and we're hopeful that's the outcome. And, and I guess here, here's why. Um, first, uh, we don't think that it's appropriate for tax dollars to go to companies that are either owned or very closely associated with the the, the Chinese government um, to to build our buses or rail cars, even if they are assembled in the United States at the end of the day. It just seems kind of outrageous uh, that, that our tax dollars wouldn't be uh, going to, to other companies who are fully capable of, of making these. That, I think that's number one. Number two, um, th there is no reciprocity. I mean, there's no American bus or rail car company that would ever be able to compete for transit contracts in China. Uh, and, and so this is a little bit about fair play 
as well. And third, uh, there, there is a significant security concern. I, I'm sure that you and your listeners have heard a lot about cyber hacking uh, and the role that the, the, the Chinese company Huawei uh, has, has, has played in some of this. It's now banned from doing business in the United States. Uh, well, and, and you all know when you step on like a subway or in a rail car in a bus, there's all sorts of equipment today. There's Wi-Fi, uh, there's telemetry to, to let people know where the buses are. There's much more automation of it now. There's video cameras. Uh, and, to, and to turn the, the reins of that over, again, to companies that are closely associated with both the Chinese government and the Chinese military just seems to be like a stretch we don't need to make right now. If we're concerned about cybersecurity, we want to make sure that we're dealing with companies that have a good track record on this that don't have connections to Huawei or to the Chinese military. Uh, and, and we're talking here, and, and Leslie, I'll just say this, you know, th- there's, a, there's a contract coming up for subway cars uh, in the Washington metro system in, in Washington, D.C., where, where I'm speaking to you from today. And, uh, you know, these subway cars go underneath the Pentagon. Uh, they, they go right next to the White House. They go underneath the Capitol. There's all sorts of government officials that, that ride on them uh, every day. And it just seems kind of foolish. Uh, to, to, to have that kind of exposure. And again, it's nothing that China or any other country uh, would, would ever allow uh, the United States to do. Um, unfortunately, these transit systems are being lured by this low price because these, these, uh, uh, these Chinese companies, Build Your Dreams and CRC, are able to offer really low bids because at the end of the day, they're not really interested in making massive profits. They're, they're interested in getting market share uh, and in, in, in growing China's own economy. And so it is a, it, it's been a real struggle, and it's going to change take a change in law, uh, we think, to change the behaviors of these local transit systems uh, and, and, uh, and, and to get a true level playing field uh, for bus and for uh, transit makers as we move ahead. Wow. I'm glad you, that you described that because that would be much harder for uh, me to do. I have to... Uh... I have to tell you, <laughs> uh, and uh, that is, uh, you know, that is confusing. So um, China's state-owned CRCC is really working hard to try to convince everyone that it is totally legit when it isn't totally legit, correct? Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. Um, this is a company uh, that, that is owned by the Chinese government. So it, it's not like another firm that's doing business in the United States that needs to show, you know, that needs to make money, uh, either for its own shareholders or for the family that owns it uh, or or whatever. This is about, again, a state-controlled company that answers to Beijing. And uh, it it entered the American marketplace because it could. And, um, and, And one of the plans of the Chinese government, they have these, you know, large economic plans. There was one called Made in China 2025, and it's very clear. They want China to both write the rules for and to dominate the transportation equipment market uh, uh, as, as they move ahead. And uh, getting a big chunk of the American market uh, is something that they want to do. And, and they have taken advantage uh, in the bus market 
of the fact that you know in China there, there's there's mo- there's been more uh, battery development, so electric buses are something that has been a little easier for them to make. We've been we've been a little slow at that, but we do have some companies that manufacture electric buses in the United States that are not owned uh, by uh, by the Chinese government or closely associated with the Chinese government, but. Um, it's going to be a struggle for them because they obviously have to raise capital. They have to show shareholders uh, a return, uh, and these Chinese companies do not. Um, you know, it's an interesting group of bipartisan lawmakers that are trying to stand up for American jobs and security. You know, you have Sherrod Brown, who is a strong progressive from Ohio, Tammy Baldwin, a strong progressive from Wisconsin, uh, and then you have conservatives like Mike Crapo, a senator from Idaho, and John Cornyn, a, a, a senator from Texas, who are working together on this issue. You don't see that every day, and so it's a. Uh, but there's a lot of concerns, whether it's jobs or security, uh, that have been raised by this, and we're hopeful that we'll get a good outcome in the weeks to come. What can uh, people listening do? Yeah, so, uh, you know, if folks are listening, if they want more information, again, they can go to our website, AmericanManufacturing.org. Uh, they can certainly weigh in with their members of Congress. You can do that through us at AAM on our website, or they can contact their members of Congress directly and say, support the Senate TIVSA provision, as you called it, Leslie, the T-I-V-S-A. Um, and, uh, and that will help to to get the job done because there is a you know it's a it's a controversial issue uh, because some of these Chinese companies have again set up an assembly operation uh, in a couple of states uh, including California um, and uh, you know and, and so it's it's a it's a harder uh, it's a harder ask uh, you know if you're representing a district that has it in you but you know and for instance the build your dreams the bus company put their factory right next to Kevin McCarthy's district you know who's the Republican leader uh, you know and, and I think that that was they probably thought that was a smart move on their part uh, but we have to show them that this is a bipartisan issue that there's bipartisan concerns and that um, you know we ought to let we ought to have a level playing field for competition we need to make sure that we're not putting our security and our economy uh, at risk. Uh, yes, and I got to say, when you're trying to find out if something's legit, what do you do? You go online, you check. Do they have a website? And yes, these Chinese companies that are fake do, and uh, uh, or they're they're on Twitter. Look, and they're tweeting. They must be real. Scott, thank you. We'll talk more with you and about this and many other issues. Time just flew as it always does when we're with you. Thank you. I learn a lot when you're on, and so do our listeners. Scott Paul, president of the Amer- American Alliance for Amer- Manufacturing. Check out the website AmericanManufacturing.org, and check out Scott on Twitter at he's real at scott paul aam and also at keep it made in usa this is no ordinary sub shop this is firehouse subs welcome to firehouse tired of overpriced lunches that under deliver on flavor head to firehouse subs where for a limited time you can get a 4.99 choice sub choose from a medium smoked turkey virginia honey ham or roast beef they're custom made hot subs at a price ready made to make you smile just 4.99 only at firehouse subs Enjoy more subs, save more lives. Participating locations plus tax limited time offer prices may vary for delivery.